0: Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is Normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Hello and welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan and my co-host Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey Wynn. I always wonder why you laugh at that point. So
1: <laughs> I think I uh, right when we get started in the beginning, I don't know, I get really shy. Like just at the beginning. And then it's gone.
0: So it's a shy little laugh.
2: It feels a little shy yeah and then yeah it's gone yeah
0: because i could make up loads of things about it about my laugh yeah (laughs) it's either well i've got a funny voice so she keeps laughing every time i say hi gage or it could be i'm a funny guy but it's not that (laughs) funny a joke to say hi so i could go anywhere with that good yeah, so I'm glad I clarified it.
1: That gets us into our topic, right?
0: That's what I was going to say. It's like this amazing, I don't know, DJ link from what's that all about to what we're going to talk about. So, Kate, you had the idea of talking about ego.
2: Yeah, it, um,
1: I just kind of occurred to me in the last conversation that you and I had when we, we just recorded one and now we're recording another one. But in the middle of that, all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of popped in and it seemed really interesting to me, the subject of ego, because in so many different spiritual and non-spiritual circles, maybe just psychology in general, There are so many ways of looking at ego and the way people describe it. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Like, I don't have any answers about ego. I just think it's so different how this one word gets interpreted in so many ways and almost
2: becomes something so real, so tangible, Sometimes I'll even hear, it's like almost this war against the ego
1: that's happening inside people. I don't know, it just makes me very curious just about the topic in general. And what
2: that topic looks like under the noise. What do you see about ego, and.
0: oh no it's my turn to laugh a lot now not necessarily that means i i know a lot but i've seen a lot about it in my own sense of self and i don't know if that's one way of defining ego it's one way that i describe it right now in in real time and you and i talking my own sense of self which goes back to when you were And I was commenting on the laugh that you said after I say, hi, Kate. Well, I could take that as a good thing, which would, you know, in potentially inflate my ego, my sense of self. Hey, I'm so funny. Kate laughs at me every time. It's so easy, you know, I'm so funny. Or it can be ego deflating, which is, yeah, this guy, wow. What a weird voice. (laughs) I could take it anything. Um, and, and here's a few things that I, I notice. I remember vividly, and I was talking with someone about this, a friend of mine earlier on today, and I briefly mentioned when we were having a chat about what, um, what this week's episode was going to be all about, and you brought up Ego, and I said, what, and you then said after you'd said, okay, so this would be great because we could, so many different ways of talking about it and it can get in our way or it could be in our friend and it'd be great to explore. What do you think? And I said, I had a great chat with someone three hours ago about ego and my friend and I were talking because they were reflecting back on their client who had not seen before that their insecurity was ego. And I laughed and my friend went, Hey, don't laugh. That was a big deal for them. Someone laughing for that. I'm laughing because I can relate to that person. What do you mean? And I said, Okay. It was December twenty twelve in New York City. But you remember where and when? I said, Oh yeah, I'll never forget this. And I was sitting in a group. And the person leading the group, we were just, you know, talking about the nature of thought, the nature of mind, the nature of consciousness and the work of Sydney Banks and what it meant to each of us personally and in our work with our clients. And I was quiet for a while and quiet on the inside. And then I just noticed, and I just said out loud, I didn't think I had an ego. But it's massive. My, my ego is huge because all I do is think about me. And the person leading the group, Michael Neal, <laughs> just looked at me as as if, well, I'm glad he finally saw that. Now, I don't really know if that's what he thought, right? But I know him well enough that he probably realized it. And A few hours later, he said, so how you doing, Ego boy? <laughs> I'm doing good, but I'm very... I'm tickled by myself. I find myself really funny right now as to how I'd been obsessed about myself and hadn't realized that that was one way of describing ego. When I thought I was humble, insecure, and yet what's really going on was I just had a lot of me on my mind a lot. My sense of self had solidified, and that's... I'd thickened my identity within myself. And to your point, it wasn't I needed to fight that. I saw it and I found it amusing. And going back to, again, a a deeper way of, of me saying what I'm, what I hope to be getting at, or to say it at least a little differently. To me, it's normal for a human being to have a sense of self. Then I I can't be an idiot for doing it. Or if I am, I'm the same idiot as everyone else, which makes it no longer an idiot. I'm as naive and as innocent as everyone else in the fact that I have a, a sense of self. And in this human form, the sense of self can be what keeps our body, our form, our physical self safe. It's how it looks to me anyway. And it's also what can make us as a species thrive, survive, continue is our kind of solid sense of self. And yet it can cause us, it can take us down into an awful lot of emotional turmoil speaking from personal experience, when I take that part of me that doesn't really exist as serious, and I take it personally, I have an ego that can be bruised, which is interesting, given the fact that neither of... If something doesn't really exist in the world of form, an ego, then it cannot be bruised. But it looks like it is. And it looks like I can then tear myself in knots and add to my personal distress if I talk badly about myself to myself and none of it is real. So, I don't know, it felt a bit like a ramble as opposed to a point. But I think sometimes that's where I go with the conversation about ego because it's rambling as opposed to Solid. So this was your idea, Kate. I'd love to know what what you think right now about it.
2: And I'm not sure if I have any answers. You know,
1: to anything about ego. Just curious about it, but I wonder if it's any more this star story, you know, when talking about it, it's made to be this very real, very separate thing that's protecting us or hurting us or trying to keep control and power, and you know, like it's it's, it's made out to be something really college Mm -hmm. but i wonder if it's you know any more than just the story like you said the story of self that we've picked up along the way that like we use as a tool to navigate when we're growing up and learning how to navigate life and other people and situations and decisions to be made and
2: um but over time it doesn't look like a tool it looks like
1: truth not a thing that's constantly changing down like you know like you see in movies whenever they do like a wormhole that to me like when we're spun out in thought. There's no answers there. There's no solution. It's just we're in our story of another person and our story of who we are or what we need to be okay.
2: I'm not sure if it's any more tangible than any other thought. It doesn't feel that way. And then it becomes like the story of ego. Just made up. Do you see any
1: benefit to looking at ego as a solid thing, as a a solid concept?
0: No, but I can forgive myself for thinking it is. Mm-hmm. Now, that might sound like, oh, I can forgive myself. You know, that might sound even okay, egoic. But it, it it's just interesting, because as you were saying that, I had a memory that came back from when I was seven or eight years old. And we had in my, what we call in the UK, primary school. So I was back back home in Swansea in, in, in school, and we had this... Um, this test one day of colored blobs in circles and then you're meant to write down the number that you see in these colored blobs in a circle. I couldn't do it. Well, I can't do that. I think I got one out of ten. So it's just like, well, I'm clearly dumb, right? Well, it was a color blindness test. But it's funny because <laughs> it really is funny that i had an idea at that point that there was something different and not different in a oh yeah rods and cones in the eye not you know not particularly typical but apparently i don't know somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of of men have that a certain i can't remember whether it's cones or rods but anyway the key thing is my sense of color isn't would not allow me to see these shapes of numbers in these blobs of colors. And it was funny because I then had this thought that made me less than the people who could. Yeah, I had this thought. That means I am less than the people who could. And it was just interesting that I decided that. And then I'm pretty sure I had another which means that after that at some point, you know, probably... Back in the bus, back towards home, and then I told my mother, and I said, "I'm well." All of this, all this conversation was all of it was in Welsh. Said, "I'm, I'm colourblind." She goes, I know. What, what do you mean? You know? Well, loads of the men in uh, your family are your brothers, a little bit colourblind. How colourblind were you?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. I got one out of these. Oh, yeah, your grandfather was, is like that. My dad," she said. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I said, oh, I'm pretty sure she said, it doesn't mean anything. But I remember then at some point, me figuring out I couldn't be a pilot. I couldn't join the armed forces. I couldn't be an electrician and something else. And I went, oh, well, that means this. And then I, I had this story. So it evolved into a thing. Now, you might think, well, what's that got to do with ego? It's the same thing, but it might not have a, a trigger that is that so um, variable to me. But but it's as innocent. I mean, this sweater that I'm wearing right now, I met a client for the first time about a month ago, and they said, so we're meeting in um, in person, and we'd not met on uh, Zoom or anything before I said, do you look like your photograph on the website? I said, yeah, a bit, but it's a couple of years old. It's four years old, so you know, I've got, tell you what, I'll be there, I'll um, I'll be wearing a green sweater. I have got a bit of a beard now, it's a neatly trimmed beard, and I'll be wearing black rimmed glasses. And she arrived and said, what color did you say your sweater was? And I said, green, that's gray. And I said, oh, thanks for telling me. I've had this about four years, I never knew. Now, in my mind, I could have gone, that makes me an idiot. How on earth could I possibly coach this person? I could have gone anywhere with that. As opposed to, oh, that's nothing, nothing of that is my fault. In the same way as nothing I could make up for my ego is my fault, it's just human. That we make something solid that isn't, we put meanings to things that don't inherently have a meaning thought, and uh, end a story, except it isn't, because we then make a story, whether it's the start of the story or a new one, exactly as you you were saying earlier on, and the bit that I love to notice, going back to your question, so there is an answer to your question, is there any benefit in seeing it solid? Uh, Not that I've noticed for me. But I've noticed the relief in noticing it's not solid.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And my innocence when I have made it solid. That makes it no more different to me than if I watch the sun come up, it looks like the sun's coming up, but it's the earth turning. I don't go around saying hey did you see the earth turning to make the sun visible above the horizon this morning I've never said that to anyone because it looks like the sun rising in the same way as it looks to me like my ego and my sense of self is solid it looks like that
2: nothing wrong it's really good to see with perspective that it isn't. So good at telling stories. Creating stories,
1: like even vilifying the ego, it's such a good story,
2: you know? So creative. Just like our story of self. We do it a lot, I think, when we're young. You know, this
1: running around playing games and creating stories and playing
2: a role. And, you know, one day you're the bad guy, one day you're the good guy. And it's fun to play in those stories because that's what we get it. We're using our imagination our thought to play out these different cool things when we're young, run around and chase each other and play games, yeah? But our story of self doesn't look like a story. for most of my life, it looked like something that I needed to protect from anything
0: that threatens You know, on that point, it looked to me that I needed to protect it from everything outside and fix it from the inside. I made both of those things up. I needed to fix me from the inside and protect me from everything else. Other people and things out there. Both seem amusing now. And yet, before the day is out, both of those things
2: will look true again to me. a lot of work.
0: Yeah. And I'm grateful for not falling for it as deeply, nor for as long as I used to, because it is a lot of work and tiring and unnecessary based upon the illusion
2: that I never knew I was creating.
0: You know, there's a part of me in listening to you that there are times I wish I could forget all of that stuff that I've made up about myself and never fall for it again, as if I could have a brand new clean page on the story of me. A part of me wishes for that. But I think that would be a real shame. Because <laughs> I think if I forgot all of that, there'll be lots of other things I'd forget, too. And right? There's lots of things I don't want to forget. I don't know if any of that A makes sense or B is true. But given the, you know, the... For want of a better phrase, the only thing that comes to mind, the flavor of win. I don't really want to lose that. I don't want to diminish it. I don't want to fight it. I do not want it to disappear. And I find it a bit surprising that I mean it when I say it. Given what I've thought of myself for huge parts of my life. There's a difference between the flavour of Wynn and what win thought Wynn was. It's made all the difference. That I can joy, enjoy being this flexible character in this skin suit. And know that it can be rewritten at any moment this character in the skin suit. And it doesn't have to be either. It's a big sigh. I just had a big sigh. and that must be a good sign, I think.
2: Lately, I
1: found myself more and more in a place where in my story, and
2: it's
1: 100% real. And then I get to see what I
2: made up about myself and other people, which is really cool. And then it's realness, let go of me a little bit. And then I'm back in the story.
1: And I get to see what I've made up. And it
2: lets go of me a little bit. Like a really beautiful movement. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm
1: Kate Roberts and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. We'd actually love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments or topics like ego or anything else that you would love to explore, or even if you just want to share your stories, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate, at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com.
2: Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.